Weekend at Effie's is back with a big adventure as we toil through the blizzard, as we celebrate the birth of Pitar, as we uh, travel with Microman and fight our best friends and suffer through the pain and torment of being punched in the face and stabbed with screwdrivers repeatedly as I look upon the past as Taylor with my old college buddies and as we figure out whether or not Jimmy Lloyd is actually real. Uh, all of this and more on this week's episode of Weekend at Effie's. Follow us on the Patreon. Follow us on the Patreon at weekendateffies.com and uh, get extra episodes, early access, and all sorts of fun pet stuff. If you can hear Beep Up in the background, weekendateffies.com. It's got everything. Thanks for listening. Okay, we have one rule this week, Pitar. You cannot let me rush through this. Okay. Because slow it down. I have to slow it down. There's so much to remember. Because not only did we jump right into 2024. Well, we didn't. We took a little break going to the anime convention the week before. But now we're fully in. We went and we battled the winter over three days that were so chock full of stuff that I'm bound to forget something. And I can't, because it was uh, historic. It was a historic weekend of self-reflection, of growth, of discovery, of uh, friends, old friends, new friends, and... Uh, enemies. Enemies. Min- minimies. Many men, enemies. Min- but enemies that are men. They are men, but I want to say this. You can be my enemy no matter the gender. Okay, I want to say that I don't care your gender. We're enemies, G- gendermies. <laughs> Hello, Pitar. Hello. How was your birthday? It was good. It was good. It was what I needed. I don't want to brag, but I did get you kind of a really cool birthday present. You did. Which is it's tea, but it's it blo- it blossoms. It's flowers. Flower tea. Flower tea. And I got to taste a little bit of it. Phenomenal. Delightful. I want to say you don't have to use it three times every time. Yeah. 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 I, I don't want you I to make it to maybe two. Yeah. I don't want you to feel like you have to keep using uh, the same. Here's flower. an interesting thing, though. So I didn't realize that it's green tea. Is it? Which I am allergic to. <laughs> I can drink this tea, though. Okay. But do you think it's because the other herbs are. I believe so. Yeah. You're allergic to green because, tea. Uh, uh, it's oh like. Oh, my God. I tried to kill you. Uh, no, 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 no. It's. We would have known because, like, I drink green tea and five minutes later I'm throwing up. Um, like, half the population. You know the cilantro thing where some people taste cilantro yeah. and it's soap? Some people don't are missing whatever it is to process green tea. The other night you gave me kava tea. Is yes. that the same as if I went to the kava lounge and got kava? No. Okay. Because yeah. I'll tell you, I did that one time. Whew. Yeah, this is a little bit more. I a, got this at Kroger. So. That was a rough night. I'm sure. Don't I don't know if kava's for everyone. Yeah, probably it was, not. <laughs> that was a rough. Is it similar to Kratom in that sense? Yeah. Yeah, I felt it. I tried to play Mario Party on kava on one of my birthdays. Didn't go well. Just want to say, not all drugs, folks. <laughs> it's, uh, I pick and choose my battles. Not all drugs. Uh, welcome to Weekend at Effie's. This is a podcast about uh, us. Pitar, my uh, newly birthed spiritual guide, roommate, close friend, and me, Effie, professional wrestler, traveling the world, trying to figure out what the hell is going on. I still don't know. But I will say this. I'm going to try my best to not get too fired up on this podcast. And you know what that means. <laughs> I'm going to end up getting fired up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did not know that I was going to have to, and this is on me. Because I should check. I should look. Sometimes sometimes you're in a blizzard, okay? And you just are surprised by it. And sometimes you didn't prepare your clothing to be in a blizzard. And it's okay. My thought is this. Because people will be like, you didn't dress for the weather. And my thought is, I'm not in the weather that long, right? Yeah. Go from airport to building mm-hmm. to hotel. to I'm not like out in the weather, but it turns out when it's that cold, you don't have to be in the weather that long to feel like you're in the weather. And it snowed every single day Damn. that we were there. And first, I was 
telling you before I left, because I started the weekend in Chicago, I said, I am trying to change this flight to be later in the day. And nothing I could do could get the flight changed. Thank God. Because all the rest of the flights that came in after me, super delayed or did not show up at all. So I landed at 7.45 in the morning in Chicago O'Hare, got a rental car like nothing was going on, and just drove into a blizzard. It was, there was already snow on the ground to the point where you couldn't see the roads. And I was just like casually like, nah, this is fine. This will be okay. I landed very early though, and my rule is I have to have somewhere to go if I land very early. Yeah. And luckily, I uh, was told to come to Brett's Hotel. Because he had space for me there at the Drake. Are you familiar with the Drake? I am not. Well, the Drake is a Chicago legendary hotel. And uh, you know who is familiar with the Drake? Uh, such dead people as Aretha Franklin and Princess Diana, as uh, Ext- Miedo Extremo called it, Princess D. <laughs> Look, Princess D. And this is like an old school Chicago hotel to the point where they have, by the elevators, they have a a mail slot. So whatever floor you're on, you can drop a letter. Yeah. And it'll go to the bottom have floor. you never heard Princess D before? Princess D. Not from a luchador. Okay. Not from a deathmatch okay. luchador. I have I say. heard Princess D before? I just thought that was what the homosexuals call her. Maybe we're all, I don't know, after seeing Maestro yeah, with all, you. We're all fucking gay at the end of the day. <laughs> this, is, this has really become the big problem with Evie's Big Gay Brunch. Is we started it, and it was like, some people in wrestling are gay. And now... Um, some people in wrestling are straight <laughs> is sort of where yeah, I'm at. Yeah. Like I can't, I can't make the defining term anymore of who is gay or who is not gay. Um, we're heading towards a sellout. I'm hoping by the time this comes out to the general public, not to our Patreon viewers, that this will be completely sold out. We have like 80 tickets left when I checked last night. And yesterday I was told, Hey, you're this many behind this promotion. And then we jumped 15 ahead by the end of the night of that promotion. We are heading towards a sellout. Tickets are flying. And guess who we've announced? Nobody. Nobody. So there is, it's not that people believe I'm going to be the only one there. It's that people at this point, the ninth or 10th or 11th, depending on how you look at it, uh, Big Gay Brunch that's been done, there's a level of trust because it is always an absolute banger. But I will say this, and I'm not going to name names or say anything. I was looking for opponents, and I found out in the year 2024 of our Lord, there are still tag teams that won't wrestle women. <laughs> Did you know that, Peter? Uh, yeah, I've been informed. Did you know that in the year 2024, there are people who still uh, think wrestling is segmented by gender? What a weird concept. Uh, Brett was asked on Twitter about, you should bring back the women's division. <laughs> Brett was like, our champions have been women the matches are not gendered. Why would we have a special division for women when people are clamoring for a women's division when the women's divisions on TV are given six minutes a week? It's like, what are you asking for when we give more screen time on our pay-per-views to women? It doesn't matter. I'm not going to get in the weeds here. We will have an excellent show. We'll have a barn burner of a show. Um, as Brett said, I said, we already sold it out. It doesn't matter what we book. And he said... The GCW way is to give them an even bigger show than they expect. So we're going to do that. We're going to give them an even bigger show than they expect. But I want to be perfectly clear. I'm not booking a show and putting you on it just to say I put you on it. I feel like we've made that point. Yeah. Uh, I don't care that you're available. I'm putting on a show for the people that are there. I'm not going to waste time. There are other shows going on. Uh, The New Japan, I mean, not the New Japan, the uh, Tokyo Joshi Pro versus GCW show is right after us. So we have a time slot to fill. And next week, I have Florida to worry about. So if you think I've booked anything for Philly, incorrect. I have not. I will. It will be great. It will be perfect. Uh, I'll get to it. Next week, we have a big gay brunch in Tampa, Florida. I will have Say Gay shirts available. That's next week. Yeah, so this week, I'm going to be at Relentless in uh, Spokane, Washington. Then next week, I have a secret thing I can't discuss. And then Friday, me versus Manser, uh, singles match, which we'll discuss how we got there, uh, in Tampa. And then Saturday morning, right at noon, at the Egypt Shrine Circus in Tampa, Florida, before Gasparilla, your Gasparilla pregame source, we will be having a Big Gay Brunch. Big Gay Brunch 8 of the GCWs 
Big A Brunch 9 if you include Big A Brunch Thanksgiving, and Big A Brunch 10 if you include Big A Brunch UK. And I got to tell you, Peter, I'm tired. And it's okay. I have a huge singles run ahead of me. I have a huge uh, summer ahead of me. And I'm sure taking a little bit of a step back from running shows will be beneficial to my core mental health. You've seen better than anybody. uh, I will run these schedules that are like insane, right? Yeah. And nothing stresses me out more than having these shows. Yeah. And you got to see it on the ground floor. I'm pulled in every direction. Yeah. It is. You can't sleep because you're up all night dealing with people. You're up all night dealing with changes. You're still having shows yourself. It is uh, overwhelming. I saw somebody on Twitter who we were <laughs> talking about earlier who's yelling into the ether. It's funny that the people with uh, no voice end up making you think a little bit because you're going, they were saying I was doing this as like a vanity project or I'm doing it for money. Uh, and I think after Chicago, you can see that uh, no vanity project and definitely not the amount of money I made is worth the amount of stress I put into these shows happening. So uh, knowing these things behind the scenes can confirm. Can confirm. It's good to have a little bit of backup. People still say, uh, I paid you to say that or something. I'm sure. I'm sure. We oh, don't. Yeah. Again, I'm just the guy from Fiverr that. <laughs> yeah, the guy from Fiverr money. I hired to sit here and pretend to be my friend as I talk to myself. We just put your voice bits over after the fact. Lovely to have you. I went to Chicago, hung out at the Drake for a while, got coffee, ended up having a productive conversation with Brett, and then went out and got cheeseburgers, and then it was time to start taking people to the venue early. Now, I don't like being at the venue that early, and uh, to tell you that I had segments at both 9 p.m. and 11 p.m., I got to the venue at 2.30. Benefit of that is... I had free parking. The non-benefit of that is if I'm at a show for more than six hours for any reason, I do start to get a little bit testy. Yeah. And I can tell you, after having a match and then having to go back out and kick Manster's ass, I was a little bit testy by the time that point came. But we're not there yet. Uh, Talia Hall in Chicago, beautiful venue. It was snowing. Went and had a delicious, uh, I guess, breakfast with Dan the Dad and Allie, and uh, who else was with us? Oh, Ref Scarlet, of course. Oh, delightful. And I'm sticking on my restricting sweets, and so although this was a Mexican breakfast restaurant full of all types of waffles and French toast and sweet treats, I just had steak and eggs, and it was delicious. Big meal, get ready. Uh, Matt Cardona misses his flight, or it's winter or something. Yeah. I don't know. But he called him back up. So Jimmy Lloyd is there. I am there. Uh, Manders stepped in to join our team. Allie was on our team. And uh, Steph DeLander and uh, Colt Cabana made up the other team. So Jimmy, Colt, and uh, Steph made up the team, uh, led by, instead of Matt Cardona, Colt Cabana. And contrary to popular belief, I've been around Colt Cabana a lot. I've been on a lot of shows with Colt Cabana. We've never been in the ring together. So this was a first time touch between myself and Colt Cabana. What happened at the end of the night? Uh, Bussy reigned supreme. The SG Bussy. Some people say is SGC dead. No, it's just that Mance is a crazy piece of shit. We'll get to that. We were victorious. We were done. We were like match two or three early night. And then, lo and behold, Dan the Dad has a match with Mance Warner. Mance Warner, of course, makes it about himself and starts choking him with a chain. So I said, well, let me go deal with this. I've obviously had issues with Mance where he's attacked me from the back in the Royal Rumble. He's attacked me from the back uh, in L.A. He's talked his shit. Uh, But I decided I will attack you from the front. And once again... Peter, I got to tell you, this is the most pain I've ever been in. So lovely people are in this feud. They love it. I have never punched or been punched harder than by Mance Warner. He kicked me in the face. I punched him in the face. We fought all over that damn building. I flew out on him into the crowd. I probably hit someone again. I don't care. Y'all got to move. Fought up to the balcony. He tried to throw me off the balcony. And then Mance and Allie, I mean, Manders and Allie came and tried to separate us. And I jumped right back on him. And fought him again. It was crazy. It was 11 o'clock at night. They still had a main event to go with uh, 
Mustafa Ali and Gringo Loco. And we were fighting all over this building, screaming at each other. I think some of the iconography and the photography from this looked incredible, but my face hurts so bad. Uh, now, still, I made a challenge that night. I said, hey, me and you in Tampa, January 26th. Brett came to me after and he said, you didn't say the date. I said, what? He said, you just said Friday. I said, watch the fucking footage, Brett. I did say the date. And he said, all right, you're right. You said the date. He said, I thought you forgot the date. I never forget anything. But I'm also very hesitant during all of this to make sure that nothing comes across as too pro wrestling. Because it's not pro wrestling. Fighting my brother. I got issues. He can't even explain why he wants to fight me other than that's what you do when you want to get over. That's what you do when you want to go to the top. You fight Effie. So you got to turn your back on your own brother. I need people to understand that this is not just another corny pro wrestling feud. This is not just another, uh, well, for the next two months, you're doing this. This is, I got to deal with this dude because he thinks he can just step on me and go uh, be a gold carrier. He's uh, made a lot of in infuriating statements that, once again, it's difficult because we think a lot alike. We both feel like... Uh, we're doing more work than we're being credit for, credited for in the professional wrestling world. We both feel like we're at these shows where there's a lot of additional talent and additional money spent on people that maybe aren't pulling their fair weight. And it feels like we're having to do a lot of things. But I am also of the belief that I'm holding my cards and that in the long run, my work will pay off in the end. Hey, you're a pig. You're a pig. Tell him. Tell him. Tell him. Tell him. You good? You good? You good? Okay. I'll see you later. In the long run, the cream will rise to the top, as Macho Man Randy Macho, Savage said. Okay. Yeah. The cream always rises. I would as uh, I would have gotten that um, because uh, <laughs> one of my favorite artists uses that as a drop, and I listened to that song on the way in. Who is that? Work today, Bill Murray. You need to get on the Bill Murray train. Like Lost in Translation? No, like um, keyboardist for Attack Attack. Oh, okay. <laughs> is that a, that's not his shoot name, is it? Shoot. You know, like his real name. That's no, 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 no. Okay, no, this is no. a pen name. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, okay. yeah. Bill Murray misspelled. It's B I L M U R I. Okay. Um, I I you... love Crabcore. Yeah. <laughs> this is acoustic Crabcore. Acoustic Crabcore with a little bit of country vibe in it, and obviously Macho Man Randy Savage. A lot of wrestling drops. I'm choosing the exhausting path of believing in the end that no matter. What around me is additionally booked, no matter who around me wants to use me to get to the top, no matter how many people have to say my name to get over, uh, that in the end, the diamond will shine. I'm on a Destiny's Child kick right now, so that just... Uh, I'm really, I'm really setting name, off the references. Say my name. Say my name, say my name. When no one is around you, say baby Effie got you there. Uh, there's a shirt on my site that doesn't sell well because nobody wants to admit it that just says Effie got me over. And there's a lot of y'all that owe me at least $20. And it's e it would be easy for me to not help anyone else. It would be easy for me to not book shows. It would be easy for me to be selfish and say, I don't need any of y'all, and I can do this on my own. And I'm spreading myself thin sometimes to make sure the people around me who are working hard are getting recognized. Uh, but that's, the, that's the, the, the cheater's way, really, uh, to just say, I'm going to do everything on my own, and I'm not going to help anyone around me. Um, and maybe part of it is a method of fear of thinking that you need that support system around you where people can say, you know what, but he's done well by me. This is a weird industry to be in where you don't know what's up and what's down sometimes. And when you're on the roller coaster and it goes a little down or it slows a little down or uh, you're not at the top of the ride ready to go fast, you want to make sure that you've got all your ducks in a row. But uh, I do believe that ducks on the roller coaster. You know, like the you know, like the trains are following. I don't know. Then there's ducks in them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ducks. Okay, so we line the ducks in a row on the roller coaster. <laughs> you see, you're you're not helping my point. Um, <laughs> you're not helping my point make sense to me. Uh, but Mance has decided that 
we've helped too many people and we've done too much. And the show is about me now. That's what he's saying. And he's saying, Effie, why can't you see it? I'll make an example in front of you to show you that you are carrying too many lifeboats. You're pulling along too many ducks in the water, so to speak. Uh, and I'm saying, I, well, well, okay, we'll get to this when we talk about the contracts. Okay. The show finishes. And I said, Brett, who is going with me on this journey? We're going to drive to Columbus. Well, we're going to drive part of the way to Columbus uh, because the flights are bad. They'd be canceled anyway. And there's a snowstorm. We're going to get as far as we can. Granted, I've been up since 4.30 a.m., right? I did the math this time. Not to jump too far ahead, I got to the hotel at 4.30 a.m. And uh, that means 24 hours of being awake. And the match segment together was 15 minutes, which means it was 1% of my entire day was actually spent in the ring or doing something on camera. 1%. The 1%. That's the only time. You think we do this. You think that's the work. You know, I used to have this argument with people. You only work for 15 minutes. That's not even the work. The work is everything else. Mm -hmm. The work is 4.30 to 4.30, mm -hmm. getting there and making it happen. So my car was me, Oni El Bendito, and Microman. Uh, neither of them speak any English, and I don't speak any Spanish. And so I got them McDonald's, and I knew it was going to be a rough car trip. And so I tried to say in Spanish uh, this, because I, I said... For me to get there in time, to get through this snowstorm, I'm going to need a music preference that's going to get me there. And so I said, uh, bendito, microman, lo siento por la música, uh, mi, mucho homosexual. And they said, it's okay, it's okay. And after three hours of Troy Sivan and Kylie Minogue, <laughs> through a snowstorm, now y'all, microman is two feet tall, at most, and... I asked Brett, does, does Microman like need any assistance? I'm not trying to be disrespectful. He said, no, he does not need any assistance. And he was right. But I was stressed out watching that man get in and out of that car with the ice all on the ground. I got him, I got him both large McDonald's meals before I gave him the, sorry, I'm a homosexual. This music is not going to be your favorite. And I drove through an intense snowstorm. One of the cars that was on the way crashed almost immediately. And I was like, we're going to go even slower. I don't care how long it takes to get there. And we just slow drifted through Indiana. And I got to tell you, I'm going back to Indiana in February. I'm doing a seminar for RCW, doing a show. and Seeing uh, Cole Radrick? Maybe. I don't know if he's on this show, but I did see Cole Radrick this weekend. Beautiful. He's awesome. He did the uh, Lucha match. And he was like, I'm not Lucha. And he did it. And I was like, you're fucking Lucha, Cole. Come on. And I asked Bendito about him, and he said, uh, muy bien. I said, y muy guapo? And he didn't answer that part. <laughs> but I assumed, y muy guapo, Cole Radrick. We're in Indiana, and I see we're going over a bridge. You know, bridges ice quicker than the road, is what they say. That's what the signs say. But there's so little to do in Indiana that the sign of what we were going over on the bridge was not a river or a creek or a tributary. Uh, this was a sign pointing out we were going over uh, a ditch they had named. It was like Gulliver's Ditch. And I was like, there is nothing in this whole state if we're naming ditches. They named a ditch, Peter. And I'm driving over it going, only a few more hours to go before we make it to Ohio full of dreams. We uh, stopped at the hotel. And I tried my best, I tried my damnedest in this snowstorm to find them a ride so they wouldn't have to be there early mm -hmm. because I was doing two shows that Saturday, not just one. So I had to be there extra early. Could not find them a ride. Once again, Los Cientos, we have to leave at uh, DS30 in the morning. So we got, you know, a good five hours of sleep, uh, barely, in the hotel. I showered, I laid down a little while, and then it was time to go again. And made our way the rest of the way to Columbus, Ohio. And two shows that day were taking place in the same building, the Valleydale Ballroom. And the first show, I had a match. For Unsanctioned Bro. And it was a singles match at 3.30 in the afternoon. 
before we got there though, my friend who lives in Ohio now was like, yo, can I come to the show? I was like, not only can you come to the show, you can come to two shows. And I said, listen, hang tight with me. Not much is going to make sense. We'll hang out later. We'll make it work. We'll figure it all out. Uh, vibe with me. Now, this is my friend Zach, who we went to college together, and he knows Taylor. And he is around for many stories that I didn't even remember. Oh, and so, as we kind of discussed our past and history, I got to hear all of the... I knew a lot of these stories, but some of them I had never heard before uh, plainly. And it was nice to have that sort of... Uh, understanding from someone who was also there and to also sort of say, listen, he put it well. Uh, there were a lot of people who were asking Zach, Hey, was he always this crazy? And we kind of had this side discussion where he was like, people keep asking me if you're always this crazy and you were, he's like, but you have better control of it now. It's almost like you're less crazy because I know how wild it can be when you're just full force, crazy, go crazy all the way. And the way I described it uh, was, like, when you have, find out you have magical powers and you're uh -huh. just, like, blasting trains off the tracks. Yeah. Once you're, like, year four of understanding your magical uh -huh. powers, they're just as strong, if not stronger. But you know how to just let out a little bit at once. And he was, like, also, because I, I sat with him in the car before I went inside and I didn't have much time. And I said, okay, let me take a breath. He's like, all right. I said, once I go in there, it doesn't turn off. He's like, well, yeah, I figured. And I was like, no, for real. And we got in there, and I was like, just stay close. Nobody's going to say anything. And he was just like, you, you're like the mayor. And I was like, I know. I know. He's like, not a good or a bad thing, but like you're just like, you're floating the room. I was like, I know. Uh, I went with Sam and put this match together, and he was like, I kind of understood what you guys were talking about. I'm also on like two hours of sleep. I've been driving this car. It's the middle of the day. I know I have a full day ahead of me. Um we have a great match there, me and Sam Beal. I'm sweaty, and he then gets to watch me do my merch. Now, one thing about uh, Zach, he is in the medical field. I don't have to get any further than that. But he also is a trading card guy. Oh. Not like collects them, like s buys bulks of trading cards and sells them for a very oh, high price. And so he also was giving me merch game tips, which we've been texting again today, to take me to the next level but it was lovely having him because you're sort of like hey my friend's coming to visit you know hey i'm wrestling in a ballroom whatever and then he gets to see that like i have a line of people that are there to see me yeah that only know me as me he's kind yeah. of chilling to the side he just gets to sort of take it in from a side place and he's like oh you're like doing a thing i was like i know and that's why it's very difficult to explain like you go to college with these people and you're like, yeah, well, like, I'm like a wrestler now. And they're like, well, do you work for WWE? And you're like, no. Do you work for the other company? No. And they sort of uh, dismiss what I'm doing. And so for him to sit there, not that he ever dismissed it, but to have someone sit there in person and him go, oh, you're like a thing. Yeah. It's very lovely yeah. to be reminded, like, yeah, there's a reason I'm exhausted sometimes. And it's because, like, I'm doing this at a different level than a lot of people uh, are. No offense to anyone, and no offense to the people coming to see me. You're not killing me. You're not wearing me out. I'm just saying I am navigating as a human being w what the next steps are for me because mm. it's I'm on a path that is uh, a little unknown to me at this time, and I'm figuring it out. So to get that sort of external objective nature of like, yeah, you're like a thing. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of nice to hear. Now, I was informed that day that I would not have a match that night. And that we would be doing an old-fashioned contract signing for myself and Mance Warner for him to accept the match in Tampa, singles, one-on-one, uh -huh. Effie versus Mance. Uh, it did not go according to plan. I waited around all day. We hung out for a while. Now, Zach got to hang out with Jimmy Lloyd, and I love Jimmy more than most people. Jimmy is very easy to underestimate, uh, but Zach did have questions for me after, including is Jimmy Lloyd your imaginary friend I can see? And the more that question gets asked, the more I'm quite certain he might be. Not to discount anything you're doing, Jimmy Lloyd, but it is, you are a myth. You're a myth. I call myself a gay myth because I think it's fun, but I think Jimmy Lloyd, like, you just exist between the folds of reality, and yeah. it's miraculous to figure out 
and then to introduce real people to it, you're sort of like, what is going on here? Out of any wrestler's charts that I'm interested in getting. We can get it. Okay. We can get it. Okay. Yeah. He's another planet. The rest of the world will get to see soon what another creature he is. Uh, marvelous. He's a broski now as well, which is magical. So we go to do this contract signing, and Mance refuses to take the match. Because to his point, he doesn't want to have a match with me. He wants to get me out of the way to remind me that you know, we've sat in hotel rooms for a very long time saying we could be in charge of this industry. Uh, and as I joked to, you know, we were talking about some of the tech talks, me and Zach, and he was like, is it weird to you that you can say stuff sometimes and it sort of like changes the trajectory of things? And I was like, it is, but also like when I'm saying the things I'm not thinking in that term. Yeah. Uh, later, we did have a phone call with someone who I'm not going to name about whether or not Rhonda was confronted over her Sandy Hook beliefs. And turns out, yes, she was, she was confronted. Uh, the timing of all of that is very odd to me. You know, I don't think we make this into a clip necessarily. Uh, but this clip goes out. She does an indie date. She does one ring of honor date. And then she decides she doesn't want to wrestle anymore. It does seem like maybe there's mm -hmm. maybe one day we'll hear more to the story than there was, but she was confronted on the Sandy Hook fact lovely to hear we'll get to that uh i can't name any names but thank you for uh thank you for fact checking me you know what i mean her answer and excuse was not very good um don't fuck around with uh mass tragedy if you don't want to have to answer to it we get out for the contract signing and he doesn't want to have the match and so i said fuck it i will sign and if you want to be there you can be there and if not you know where i am come face me look me in the eyes we could have dealt with this in private. You want to make a big scene, make a big scene. And his second point was, I don't have the energy left in me to deal with him. Right? Like, I'm too worried about booking gay brunches. I'm too worried about helping out people. Too worried about making sure the show goes well. Making sure everybody gets some tips. Making sure everybody's doing their best. And I sort of had to let him know that I'm, I'm infinite. I may be tired. I might be exhausted. But to think that I cannot to everything I'm doing and a little more. Yeah. It might make me uncomfortable and I might need to rest a little more, but I'm not, I'm not at the end of my rope by any means. I, I like acknowledging when I'm tired. I like being a little dramatic about how much I'm doing on the road. If you bring up like, how are you doing this schedule? Of course, I'm going to lean into the fact that like, Oh, isn't it a miracle? What? I don't even know how I'm standing. And then when I come out looking like a golden God with the lights on my gold hair. Yeah. It's even crazier to see me in person when you know what I've gone through to be there. I, I think leaning into that is a little bit fun. And I sort of said, look, if you really believe that, if you think I'm uh, downtrodden and I'm at the end of my rope, then come find out. And uh, I signed it. I started to leave the ring. And then I got stabbed in the head by a screwdriver. And I think a lot of people are like, oh, but he didn't really stab you in the head with a screwdriver. He, in fact, fucking did stab me many times with the screwdriver. I don't know if I can describe this to y'all any plainer. Mance Warner is, does not know that there's anything fake about professional wrestling. There are stab wounds in my head that I had all weekend. When he booted my head, it ripped one of the stab wounds open, which is like not a great feeling. Uh, I was a little shocked by the whole thing. And then he signed the contract in my blood as it dripped off my head. Uh, so the match was then made official for Tampa. So I will go to Tampa next week. And there's more I can't even express. I will have this match with Mance Warner. I will be victorious. And then I will wake up and I will have a big gay brunch Saturday morning in the same building. Uh, and I will conquer and show the world everything we're made of. And we will trend number one. And everyone will be happy. And the gay agenda's needs will be met. All conquered in a weekend. As I return to Florida. Florida is not the place to fuck with me, Peter. I got out of Florida. Joey Janelli used to say I'm the only good wrestler that got out of Florida. I don't know if that's true, but I like to hear it. And so to bring me back to Florida, where 10 years ago I started doing this shit, uh, and I only count the dates where I was paid, so I say 10 years ago because that's when I started getting paid, uh, to go back to Florida, uh, especially during Gasparilla when it's just a gay fucking party, for us to be the early show on that day before people go out and get fucked up. Um, yeah, I'm going to have a big Friday night. It's going to be painful. I will overcome. I will conquer. And then I will wake up and I will have a big gay brunch. And then a few weeks later, I'll have another big gay brunch because I can't fucking stop. 
because that's what I do. I'm building a legacy, right? Can't wait for the two-disc DVD where we all talk about how I was that bitch all along. But God forbid y'all admit it out loud right now. God forbid y'all let people know that there ain't no motherfucker in the entirety of the business doing what I'm doing. Y'all are standing around and waiting for instructions from dork-ass dweebs who've never taken a bump in their life. And then you're, you're mad at me for running shows when the only reason I run them is because no one else was doing it. I wasn't handed a fucking platform. I built an empire. And it should make you fucking furious, but not at me, at yourself for being lazy and waiting for someone to hand it to you. I don't want to sound like Mance Warner. But I'm going to go handle all this on my own. That night, I separated myself from the group. Went and uh, me and Zach just talked for like seven hours. Talked about his life. He's gone through some crazy shit. You know, like you don't see people all the time. Even if you're texting, checking up, you don't see people all the time. I talked him through my life. Talked, talked me through his life. His mom gave me some granola. She used to do the tailgates for some of the games. Great cook. Uh, and it was wonderful to catch up with a friend and business plan with a friend and figure out what needed to be done. But my weekend was not over because I was returning to First Avenue on Sunday to go to Wrestlepalooza, where I was reunited with some friends. Uh, Columbus to Midway to Minneapolis, Minnesota. I was trapped in Midway a little longer than I expected. It was supposed to be like an hour, and then we got delayed like two more hours. So I was just sitting around Midway, had a flatbread chicken pizza. Some might say, oh, well, that doesn't sound very healthy. It's better than what I could have gotten, which is a flatbread chicken pizza and four Oreo Cakesters, which is what I wanted, but I held back. And I got on that second flight. I got to Minneapolis, and I landed and got to the hotel just in time to go get a cheeseburger, and then go straight to the venue. There was no rest in between. There was no time to chill. Uh, it was time for Wrestlepalooza. And not only was I on the show, Ali was on the show. Dark Sheik had been on both days of the show. Uh, Warhorse and Darren Corbin, who we faced. Darren Corbin from the floor. Yeah. Who doesn't know what a garbanzo bean is. Who I'm going to be facing on February 4th in Chicago. Uh, they said that uh, chickpeas will be legal. They can be called either chickpeas or garbanzo beans, uh, and he didn't know either name. That's what they make hummus out of, yeah. Darren Corbin. Yeah. Um, I will show you the floor in Chicago. I will handle the floor in Chicago with you. I will wipe you with the floor. Uh, we had a tag match against – he's not Warhorse anymore because now all my friends are fucking evil. He's Jake Parnell because he says the Warhorse is dead. So Bussy, Ali Kachineffi in the home of Prince, my birthday twin, faces Jake Parnell and Darren Corbin in a tag match where due to nefarious concerns, they did uh, get a little bit of a win over us. But that wasn't, that wasn't my main concern of the night because I got to see my good friend, Orange Cassidy. He was there. And there was a moment early in the night where me and Allie were seemingly arguing and it was making many people in the room uncomfortable. Because as you know, we're around each other a lot. Uh, she doesn't take shit from me. I don't take shit from her. And that's beneficial to us in a lot of ways. But sometimes it scares the, it scares the hose. Uh, and he pulled her aside afterwards and was like, listen, earlier when you guys were arguing, I could tell everybody was like not into it or scared or thought you guys were really mad at each other. But I know that the reason you were arguing was because you cared about the match and you cared about the spot and you cared about your tag team. And that's actually what real tag teams do. And so to hear it from uh, one of the greats that we shouldn't, we shouldn't worry about how we're handling our business when our business gets done is lovely to hear. Mm -hmm. At this point in the weekend, though, after chatting with all my friends, after yelling, after promoing against Mance, after screaming, after as much talking as I'd done in the winter weather, after all the snow, after all the frigidity, my voice was completely gone. So mm -hmm. by the time I got to the merch table... I wrestled Palooza. I had zero voice. Allie was having to run the merch table for me. Uh, could not speak. People still didn't understand. I'd be like, I can't speak. They would still talk to me and ask for an answer. I cannot speak. Sometimes my voice is gone. Uh, no matter how much I want to speak further, I cannot speak. Uh, I tried my best to speak. Could not speak. Afterwards, though, everybody wanted to go to the after party. I was cooked. I said, I'm going to the bed. And I went back. 
to the hotel and I went to sleep for a while and then I went to the Minneapolis airport and I came home and I was beat the fuck up and I slept a lot and I was in pain and I had wounds on my head. I remember the TSA lady was like, can you take your hat off? I said, yeah. She said, what happened to your head? And I said, I got stabbed. And she goes, that's terrible. And that's all she said. And it was nice to know that you can just tell TSA you got stabbed. And they kind of leave it at that. They're just like, yeah, it happens. People do get stabbed in the head. It's a part of your life, I guess. Uh, My new clear picture when I scan my eyeballs is me all sweaty with blonde hair. And the one before it was from a show called GCW Up All Night, where I had been up all night. I was like, man, I always have to see that picture, and I look rough. And this one was right after a match in St. Louis, and I look even rougher. It's incredible that I could trade a picture where I look rough for a picture where I look really rough. And now it is the, I was like, is this picture okay? And she's like, yeah, it's fine. You know, and then I'm showing up looking even rougher than the rough picture with stab wounds in my head before I head home. It is a weird life to live. And we are fully back in the force. I have a lot of dates coming up. I have a lot of stuff going on. I have a lot on my mind. Uh, Can't wait for Philly. But it's like people are hitting me up about Philly. And I want to remind them I have two more months of shows before I even get there. There's time in between. And having people come to you and say, like, we saw you last time you were here. And then you sort of put together that you've had 100 shows in between that and 100 brain traumas in between that and, you know, 50 episodes in between that. Uh, It's nice that people are checking in on you, but I need you all to know something. I cannot remember anything. I cannot remember you. I don't remember where we met. I'm sorry. I've tried. You're not going to jog my memory. Maybe a little. And please don't take it personally. It's, I can't remember and it's okay. And it's only going to get worse from here. And I'm going to do my best to maintain, uh, being good boy Effie and trying to fight my battles, uh, full force. But I also am not scared to admit I forgot something. What'd you forget? I forgot my Jay Briscoe story. Oh, Jay Briscoe. It was the year anniversary of his death yesterday when we were going to record. So I, this is important. I showed up in Columbus, and I had lost one of my knee pads, so I went knee padless, and I had lost my bandana, so I was feeling very naked. And Perch came up to me, referee Perch, and he said, do you need a bandana, Effie? I'm just the most polite, loves wrestling Wisconsin guy, always ready. I said, I really do need a bandana. And this is Saturday, so this is a few days off of the anniversary. And he said, I've got one here. It's been used before. I said, by who? He said, well, first it was used by Jay Briscoe, and then he gave it back to me. And then it was used by Nick Gage, and he gave it back to me, and now I guess you're using it. I said, I better make sure I get it back to you. So I had a bandana on that day that was worn by Jay Briscoe, rest in peace, but also by Nick Gage. I was like, how did you just hand me a legendary wrestling artifact when I was in need? I still didn't have knee pads, but I wrestled in that Jay Briscoe bandana. And I made sure to give it right back to Perch, because who knows, down the line, who's going to need that bandana. But what a strange object to pull out of nowhere when I've lost all my objects on the way. It was magical. It was beautiful. I didn't realize how close we were to the year anniversary. Uh, Shout out Briscoe family. Very tragic situation. But uh, it was nice seeing the tribute last night on Dynamite. And um, it's good to see Mark still out there wrestling. But it was uh, a very humbling moment to be handed that silly piece of fabric and to be reminded of how much history is constantly around us in wrestling whether we are looking for it or not pretty crazy i love that pretty crazy weekend that. pretty wild weekend pretty wild life hell of a life hell of a life. that's what i always say to people it's been a long life hell of a life and it will be a longer life we're just getting started if i didn't like effie because you thought i was too over or too full of myself, or was given too many opportunities, or was too booked, or was too uh, in the news, then I just have to remind you, uh, boy, you're going to fucking hate me soon, because I'm taking over everything. I won't stop until I'm Vince McMahon. Is, got, that, is that the goal? Well, not Vince McMahon, that guy, but like, 
I want, I want, I want people to have to ask me permission before they do anything because they want to know if it's a good idea or not. Not because they can't do it without me, but because I'll actually give them a real answer on if something is going to fuck them or not. Nobody has any fucking common sense in this industry. That's that's the number one thing I've learned. Questions, Peter? Yes, 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 yes. Please. All right, let's start with the celebration. This is from Kylie. No question, I'm just happy I finally got a prescribed HRT. It's taken forever. I hope this is okay. I just wanted to express my joy. We're happy for you, Kylie. Fuck yes. Thank you for feeling comfortable telling us. Thank you for knowing that you can be yourself around us. And I hope your journey is wonderful. And I hope it's exciting. And you're just starting out on a wonderful thing. Embrace the change. Embrace the excitement. And uh, enjoy you. Yes. I love it. All right. This is from Jerry. By the time this episode drops, we'll know who the drag super monster is. But going into finals tomorrow night, who do you think takes the crown this season? Um, I think Neo takes it, but I'm really hoping for Throb. I watched the finale. Okay. I haven't watched the finale. Yeah. I don't want to spoil anything. It's wonderful. I love the way they do things. This season has been very fun. I like the drama. Uh, I love all the wild characters. I, yeah, I don't want to spoil anything. Dragula rules. Let's watch the finale again together. Yeah. Um, Okay. This one's a little bit more serious. What is the smelliest kind of ox? A butt ox. This one's a little more serious. Y'all keep them coming. Please keep them coming. A butt ox. Thank you, Heather. Oh, Heather. Um, Keep them coming. Punny dad jokes forever, please. Okay. Ooh, this is a good one. Um, which movie do you think was really awkward the day after the story ended? Oh, wait. I read this as, like, acting-wise. Oh, like, in the story, like, the kayfabe of the story? Yeah. Um, oh. Well, uh, Killing of a Sacred Deer probably was a little <laughs> awkward for everyone involved. Uh, you know how my dad eats spaghetti? Same way everybody else eats spaghetti. Shout out Barry Keegan for being a weird little fuck. I remember after that movie, I was like, y'all know about this weird little fuck Barry Keegan? And people were like, calm down. That's a weird little fuck. And now he's everybody's favorite weird little fuck. Mm-hmm. I was just ahead of the curve. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's a weird little fuck. Oh, this is Joker is going to be crazy. We're ready. We just want to watch Robert Pattinson in that little bat suit. Mm-hmm. Come on. That's a hot Batman. Is that Zoe Kravitz as the Catwoman? Mm-hmm. <sighs> I can't purr without it sounding like I'm spitting up a hairball. Uh, I think also, um, I'm trying to think of other movies where it would be weird afterwards. Uh huh. What like? What about Armageddon? What's the ending of Armageddon? Bruce Willis dies instead of uh, Bre- uh, uh. Ben Affleck. Yeah. And then he's going back to Liv Tyler. You think like a year in, she's like, yeah, but I wish my dad was around. Or like if they get divorced, he's like fully going to be a villain because the dad died to make sure their marriage could happen. What is the, is the sequel to Armageddon actually gone girl (laughs) from the heart, soul and spirit of Jennifer Lopez. Are y'all ready for this uh, Jennifer yeah, Lopez yeah, yeah. movie? That's go watch the trailer for the new J Lo movie because wow. Yeah, the sequel to Armageddon is Gone Girl. Now that you mention it, okay, thank you. Uh, and Liv Tyler pretends to kill herself to get back at Ben Affleck for killing her dad on the asteroid. Wow. Uh, okay, this is from uh, Julie Alexander. What shoes was Effie wearing at the GCW contract signing with Mance Warner? Also, what do you think of Sheets as a convenience store? Sheets rules. I don't get to go to Sheets enough. I think Sheets' food is a little better than Wawa's. I don't think people arguing about either of them have ever been in a situation where they can decide between Sheets and Wawa that easily. Uh, I do like the sandwiches, though. Uh, The shoes I was wearing were $20 on Amazon. I will not pay more than $50 for a piece of clothing unless it's a Knuff hoodie. Uh, other than that, all my clothes are cheap as fuck and or free. And these were just $20 shoes on Amazon. I've gotten a lot of compliments on them, uh, but I also did not pay more than $20 for them. 
this is from Joshua. If you had to eat the same meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? This for is, every meal. For every meal? Every meal you're eating the same meal. Okay. This is easy. Uh, roasters here in Atlanta. It's the barbecue pork meal with cornbread, sweet potato souffle, cream spinach, and the peach cobbler. I would eat it every day of my life. Damn. What about you, Peter? Ooh, I had a burger the other night. Yeah? Oh, was this my, from the burger spot? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That my, good? Yeah, it was incredible. Was this um, just like a burger burger or did it have special burger toppings? No, just a burger burger. Just oh, a burger burger burger. That like, good? Yeah, that good. Wow. That good. That good. What's this place called? Um, we gotta shout this out. It used to be called Honan and Finch Burger, and now it's just called H and F Burger. H and F Burger, Pont City Market, Pont Atlanta, City Georgia. Market. All right, now I'm gonna have to go. Um, <laughs> I so I was sitting there and I was looking at one of the servers, and I was like, I know this guy from somewhere. Oh no! Turns out a uh, uh, former Cloud Nine manager. <laughs> oh, well, at least he landed on his feet. Yeah. Uh, they do. They vape the burgers there. <laughs> yeah. Yep. 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 I would like to vape the meat. I would like to vape the meat. Uh, okay, this is from Danny. Do you guys have a favorite comfort TV channel or a show that makes your mood better? Whenever I'm on the road, I will immediately turn on Food Network and see what Guy Fieri's doing. Because uh, whether it's Guy's Grocery Games or Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives, it's usually Guy Fieri on by the time we're in the hotel room. And uh, I think having Food Network on is always good and a reminder that I need to eat. Yeah. What about you? Um, Bob's Burgers was the go-to for a while for just the like detune comfort. Um, right, that's <laughs> bad. Right now it's Gone Girl. <laughs> you just put on Gone Girl yeah, and just live your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I've also been doing the Mission. The Mission Impossible has got thrown on like every. Two I weeks. see. I see those up there a yeah. good bit. Yeah, I'm not judging. I, it's you can judge. They've officially it's, retitled Dead Reckoning Part One as Dead I Reckoning. Know streaming please please i'm not gonna pay for it we're not paying for it tom cruise hook us up i'm a scientologist now of the uh the amount of time that i get out of those movies i probably should just go ahead and buy it so i just buy the 10 disc dvd set come on um they got the family set yet i don't i don't know family yeah that movie's canceled the rock is back we we we're due to watch another one i know I know. Should we do it? Not right now. Not right now. I can't do it right no, now. I can't do it right now. I'm I'm still like, it's Thursday. I'm still worn out from the weekend. I'm emotionally worn out. My brain still hurts. I, I wake up every day a little too late and I go, you know what? I got to forgive myself because this is, yeah, I needed it. Yeah. I needed it. You, like, I, I tip with like when you come home, I will see just how, like, the moment of, <sighs> like drop bags i'm yeah. here i'm home this was one of the worst ones in recent memory where <laughs> i was slightly concerned yeah it's been one of the most painful years of my life and it's been three weeks not even and me and Mans have not even had a match yet and it is just destroying me i'm physically being destroyed and you know what bring on the crucifixion baby <laughs> we only got till easter and i'm getting crucified Bring it on. Let's make it happen. I want to see where we go with this. Uh, I think it's going to be a longer year than I even imagined. So good luck to me and good luck to the fans for watching me. Just, God, it's just a lot of pain. It's a lot of pain. It's what you get for being a top guy, you know? You want to be on top? You got to be in pain, I think, is the the way it goes. Mm Mm-hmm. Starting to think about alternate career paths. <laughs> nah, I got I got time here. Uh, seriously though, I am seeking a sugar daddy to pay me to take one month off, just so I can uh, finally write uh, two of these screenplays. Don't say that because they'll reach out. I, I listen. I'm Tchaikovsky in this thing. I'm not gonna have sex with you. Pay me to take a month off so I can write these two screenplays, and we can at least get them optioned so that I can feel like I can take one day off a month. That would be nice. The strike's over. Uh, we got we got at least four screenplays here we can go with, but I need a few days off so that my brain can um, actually write things down. It would be uh, lovely. The casting directors, if you're looking for a Guillermo del Toro type. 
The magic of all the creatures of the whole universe can be brought forth with all the dreams and all the manipulation of your darkest fears. That's what Frankenstein monster is going to be. A crazy look inside the brain of the doctor, but of the monster. Was that? How was that? He was, uh, listen to our mini-sode. For the mini-sode has a lot more, more gear. gear that was just off the cuff, baby. Um, can you do him talking about how he just can't get Mountains of Madness <sighs> off the ground? <clears throat> oh, who originally wrote Mountains of Madness? H.P. Uh, Lovecraft. H.P. Lovecraft created this whole universe. And I say, we're going to need a double the budget to make this movie the way H.P. Lovecraft would make it, but not as racist. And he says, this is not a possible for the cinema, for the silver screen, for understanding how big this mountain is. If it's made of madness, it cannot be small, and it must be seen through the scope of horror. Is that, would you, would you <laughs> yes. fund that film? Yep. Yep, yep, yep. We were just discussing how Andrew Garfield had to drop out of Frankenstein, not because he had another project going, but because he could not listen to Guillermo del Toro <laughs> talk to him like that anymore. So shout out Guillermo del Toro. Um, I Listen, you pay me, I'll stop making fun of your accent. I think it's cute. I think it's adorable. I love hearing you talk about things, but I, you know, I understand if I had to do it all the time, it would get, it would get a little difficult for me. Okay. Last well, Effie, this is the real horror of the feud is that humanity can be broken down. What's real? What's fake? Is it kayfabe? Is it a shoot? Okay. Did you see Pinocchio? I didn't. Hey. I didn't. Get Blanchett plays Pazitoro, like the monkey. five Pinocchios that came out the same time, and I didn't watch any of them. His was good. The Tom Hanks one should be uh, proof that Tom Hanks is not a real person. Uh, the news story that you sent me today... Which one? The Polar Express 2. Polar Expressy, baby. You know where this train's going? It's the Easter Polar Express. We're going to the tomb to make sure it's empty. I think the only place that train is headed is the Uncanny Valley. I'm, you know what? Let Tom Cruise play everyone. Tom Clu- Cruise, uh, I mean, Tom Cruise, Tom Hanks. Uh, Tom yeah, Cruise is going to be Tom in the Cruise sequel. Let Tom Cruise play everyone. Yeah, he's you know, going to he, be in the train played by Tom Hanks. Uh, he is like fully like studio guy for Universal now. Tom Cruise, he yeah. has his own office on mm-hmm. there. Yeah, I love it. Um, okay, this is the last question. That's is why I'm from, a Scientologist. This last question is from Julie Scott. In honor of Peter's birthday, best birthday story. It doesn't have to be yours, just a fun story involving birthdays. It's a real story. My dad used to tell it to me. Uh, it was not my birthday. We were going to some kid's birthday party at a Burger King, and we were driving up. There was a man walking down the street dressed as a clown. I guess I was two or three at the same time. And believe it or not, uh, I started speaking at six months, and I never stopped. It's very odd. Uh, And I looked, and I said, Daddy, is that clown going to be there? And he said, Yeah, I think the clown's coming to the birthday party. And he goes, I ain't going to the birthday party then. He goes, Why? And he goes, I ain't going where that clown is. So that's uh, it's my first experience of knowing clowns were evil. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's fantastic. I said, I ain't going to that party. <laughs> and he would repeat that story to me. And now, uh, oddly enough, uh, I am the clown. I am Pagliacci. <laughs> what about you, Pitar? Um, what were your Kenyan birthdays like? Well, <laughs> you're gonna think I. Everyone thinks I'm making this up. Okay. I had a pet cheetah. <laughs> Go on. His name was Robert. You can call him Bob, though. <laughs> In what capacity was so, this cheetah your pet? Okay. So when um when we went, so it was my for like fourth or fifth birthday. Um, in Nairobi, there is a massive game park that's connected to the city. Okay. And when you go through the game park, there's a little animal orphanage that is for, you know, the babies that their mom didn't make it or were abandoned in the wild wouldn't mm-hmm. make it on their own. So they bring in the animal orphanage. So it's basically it's like a zoo, but without rules. OK. And so I went featuring African wildlife. Yes, 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 yes. You know, known to be very mm-hmm. calm and safe yeah. for children. Yeah, 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 totally. Um, and my childhood was so much fucking fun just for the fact that like there was no structure to anything and it was kind of do whatever the fuck build your own structure. You know, as an adult, you're making your own rules here. Um, 
So we go in and they're bringing in a baby cheetah mm -hmm. and they go, Hey, would you like to meet Robert? Of course I would love to meet Robert. And so uh, every time that I would go back, they would go, hey, it's Robert's friend. And let me go back and talk to Robert. And this continued on for a while until Robert got a little too old. And they go, might want to might wanna pause on the going back and meeting him. Um, but when we left Kenya, I went back and said my farewells to Robert. They just let you around this fucking mm -hmm. cheetah. We, I mean, we used to go there, and they would, like, let us feed lion cubs. Like, just give them the oh, bottle and everything. Um, a female lion almost got me. Like, yeah. A full-grown female lion almost got me. Um, I I don't think I can tell this story on the podcast, but I have okay. a story for you after okay. about why Charlie Tiger's name is Charlie Tiger. Okay. <laughs> that <laughs> I, s I made him swear to me it was real. And he did, and it's the craziest shit I've ever okay. heard. <laughs> um, Weekendatfies.com. I didn't plug the Patreon enough on here. Please uh, support the Patreon. We appreciate everyone who does. You can ask us questions. You get mini-sodes. You get to vote on the movies. You get the only pups, early access, and, of course, our undying gratitude and love. And, uh, Peter, you've done a wonderful job with the Patreon. Thank you. Really appreciate you letting me be uh, Joe Staffy. Uh, as I screamed, isn't it enough that I'm Effie this weekend? Uh, in a polite way, enough. Well, I believed it was a polite way. Uh, WeekendAtEffies.com. You can find everything. Support the Patreon. It helps us out greatly. If not, leave a review. Uh, five stars. Uh, tell your friends. Share it. Let people know. We appreciate all your love. It's Weekend at Effies. <laughs>